Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban food producers, food consumers, folks east of the Mississippi with folks west of the Missouri. And that happens to be J.C. Cole from New Jersey. How's the new year treating you? The new year is um, going off uh, quite well, I would say, although there is insanity in the world. I, I figure you just stay two steps ahead of insanity and you got her made. You stumble, though, and you got, could get run over. <laughs> that part's true. That is definitely true. And now um, my guess is you're east of the Mississippi. I'm east of the Ohio. Oh, okay. Got yeah, it. I'm in Lebanon, Tennessee, fixing to take out of here today, coming close to you. Closest I'll have been for a couple of years. Yes, yes. You'll be right on, uh, let's see, what would it be? The Susquehanna. Yes. Yeah, um, an interesting river. It is so, an interesting river. I followed yeah. it, because if you fly into Harrisburg and drive up to Penn State, you just kind of meander right along the river like an explorer of old times. Yes, and it's uh, it looks like it's quite an old river because um, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it in in many places. There's an awful lot of rocks exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the uh, dough is a little bit different. Yeah, it's got to be just drastically polluted too. Hard to uh, say. Well, no, because the very first oil well in the United States of any kind was in Pennsylvania. And so if you have 100 years of oil recovery taking place, all the water in Pennsylvania has got to be polluted, right? Not not, not necessarily. Um, you know, New Jersey is <laughs> one of the oldest states. And uh, there was a little town nearby that I went into the post office and I saw pictures and they had a tanning mill right on their uh, small creek. That's versus a creek. Yeah. Um, uh, they had a small creek and it was totally polluted in the 1700s. And now it's fine. Um, so yeah. my so, statement was tongue in cheek for any listeners yeah. who did not gather that. We have the cleanest water in the history of the United States, despite people telling you that things are gone awry. Right, right. Um, you know, we have started to clean up our act. And of course, I think anybody, uh, almost everybody is very well aware of environmental issues. Um, we are also aware that um, they're being used to Shanghai us into um, an agenda controlled by a small group of elite uh, rich families. So... I'm going to share this with you because Andrew brought it and I didn't fact check it, nor do I think I need to if Andrew dug it up on across the pond this morning. He claims that this ties into your elite standpoint. He claims that in 30 years, there were 1,100 fatalities in professional sporting events. And in the last year, there have been 1,100 fatalities in one year of people under the age of 35 playing an elite sport. I just, uh, this morning looked at a, um, 
an interview. I think it was uh, one of the top doctors. I think McCullough. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which yeah. one. And 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 they just did a, a, a that exact um, analogy where I think it was um, the average was 29 for, in, in Europe. The average was 29 heart issues for professional um, uh, athletes a year, and it's now 1,500. Wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yet there is no general discussion outside of the normal. I, mean, I have seen some people talking about, and the right-wingers are trying to convince you that this is caused because of the jab. I don't have to convince you of anything either wake up and smell the coffee or become part of the statistics. It's that simple. Right. There's something called the Darwin Awards. And uh, that's um, people who, uh, um, who are too stupid to live uh, somehow kill themselves and uh, increase the overall intelligence of the, uh, the human gene pool by taking their genes out of it. And uh, it seems that uh, we have a worldwide global Darwin Awards going. You know, I, I have some very smart friends and they argue with me, right? When I show that this, you had this professional football, uh, uh, American footballer who, who fell over with a cardiac arrest. And he goes, well, there's no proof that, uh, that uh, it, uh, it was linked. Well, uh, actually, there is no proof. But if you want to be the devil's advocate, then look who you're preaching for. You're preaching for the devil. That's kind of the literal way to look at that. I'm not sure anybody ever took the literal sense, but that's exactly what's taking place. You are advocating for the devil. Correct. You know, and and now if you look at the other side, okay, maybe he just happened to have a heart attack. Except for there was another uh, guy that died uh, that day who was uh, 36. One of my fraternity brothers goes, well, he wasn't young. No, I think he was 39, maybe. No, no. Uh, okay, so a professional football player dies at 39 of a heart attack in his sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know that the professional sports teams were mandatory to take the clot shot. Yeah. I, you, you're trying to convince me that two plus two equals four. I thought we moved beyond that. It, it depends on when we took our, our math class. Yeah, <laughs> and and then of course, did you hear about the lady who is? Uh, I'm not sure what network. A major reporter for a network. His wife got arrested this weekend for child endangerment, and then she stressed and died. You know, and I'm not making light of this, JC, because I've I've had this discussion with people at the Tennessee Cattlemen's event. If you're paying attention, um, saying that this person died is something that's going to get to be a little too frequent in your life. Yes. I, I Again, I read a report that um, one, uh, 25% of the people think that they know somebody personally who has died from the clot shot. Right? I do. Um, and, uh, uh, it looks like a couple of my friends have died from it. And 
that 50% of the population is now believing it may be related to the uh, um, all of this heart disease and cancer may be related to the only thing that's changed in two years. That's the plot shot. Yeah. Stunning. Well, if you need verification, call your local and your life insurance agent and ask him what the companies are talking about at their meetings. Yes. And I did hear that there was a court case in Europe where a multimillionaire who died of the quad shot um, and admitted taking uh, the experimental shot, his insurance company informed, I guess, whoever the beneficiaries were, that the insurance, the insurance uh, policy was void because it said no experimental uh, drugs. That's got to happen on a regular basis from here on out because these insurance companies, they they do all of their investment based upon historical trends and we're blowing the historical trend out of the water. They don't have the money. That's going to happen on a regular basis. Right. And I heard that there's about a 30% increase in, uh, um, in, uh, in death. I don't know that for sure, you know, but uh, it looks like it. Yeah, well, uh, final thing about that, and then we can move on to the next segment. It's pretty clear somebody had forecasted exactly how this was going to take place because we also know, and they're pretty clear evidence, in fact, there's an investment of a multi-million, billion-dollar new laboratory being to design vaccines being built in the UK as we speak. They knew that by mid-2023, people are going to wake up and smell the coffee, so there's got to be a new wave. What's the new wave? I don't know. Stick around, find out. We're back with more JC Cole Roll Route after this. Right off the bat today, we're going to talk about Protect the Harvest, exactly what we're doing. It's self-explanatory, protecting the harvest to make sure that people have access to not only food, but fiber, Pharmaceuticals, which are important, even though we're very critical, they are, there are components of life that we need, such as coagulating products in surgeries and medical units. It's not all about just vaccines. Vaccines are still important. It's about fuel, the ability to have fuel, to fuel everyday life. How good of a student, you don't have to be real good of a student to understand that throughout the course of history, before we had fuel like we do today, life was tough. So today we're talking about a free and fed America thanks to the progress that we've made in the essentials of life. Thanks to private property. ProtectTheHarvest.com for details. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole coming to us from New Jersey. Now, you're dancing around the issue. Are you going to make your way to Harrisburg or not in the next two days? I was thinking about it. Okay. Yes. I have to have a vehicle, right? Um, my vehicle is a, uh, it's a F-350 7.3 liter diesel. Well, that for sure <laughs> will get you there. Oh, it'll get me there. <laughs> uh, Yes, it might. It might. Uh, it might ruin the bank. But no, I, I. I think I can make a road trip. Didn't you know that Biden is is now decreasing your fuel costs? He's doing wonderful things for you. You know, I think I might be able to rent one of those EVs. Get halfway there. Then you'll and rent never make it. You'll never <laughs> make it to see me. Forget it. 
Right. <laughs> right. So are we back re- recording? <laughs> Did he? <laughs> We're live on the air. Okay. So, so one of the things that people just kind of shuffle, you know, we have so many things to pay attention to that we can't, we, you know, I remember I said, we generally can pay attention to about seven things and, and, uh, and there's hundreds coming up. Well, if we recall something called the Deagle Report, written by a guy named John Deagle, who nobody knew who he was, was a very, very um, uh, in-depth report on all the countries, their military spending, their populations, uh, their GDP, right? So a lot of money went into this report. I think it was uh, originally about 2015. And it predicted that by 2025, the population of the United States dropped 70%. We lose 200 million people by 2025. So that's two years away. Do you see anything that possibly could do that? I absolutely do. And it's it's happening. And later on, it was found out that John Deagle worked for the Rockefeller Foundation. What a shocker. What year was the report? 2015. And I think it got updated later on. And then now it's really hard to find. It got scrubbed. Um, But the guy, uh, Doug Casey, I think it was, who was a very famous um, financial uh, advisor, wrote a report. So if you go Doug Casey, Deagle report. Yeah. It'll pop up. Okay. Yeah. And and here's what we need to do, because I've committed in. 2023 to be about solutions what what do we do well uh first thing i would do is i uh if i if you took the shot um or if you didn't take the shot because apparently it can jump um uh somehow or parts of it can um what they call it shedding right uh that you look at the frontline doctors and find out what you can do to combat this thing right there there are some things that you can do um well number one is find what it takes to build that immune system to fight off anything because uh the human body is amazing at repairing itself given the opportunity don't just do what it takes to build that immune system like never before that's that's really the simple answer oh that that's part of the simple answer you also you have something <laughs> that's attacking you and you've got to go after that too so right. ivymectrin um uh apparently uh, goes after parasites and something related to this is a parasitic. Um, and of course, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I just read up on what the doctors are saying. And what's the other one? Um, uh, chlorine dioxide, right? And that's, um, that's a big issue. So I, I check into those two along with building your immune system. Right. You know, we, 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 <laughs> We touched on uh, electric vehicles, maybe, you know, getting one and coming out to Harrisburg. Maybe I should bring a bicycle, too. Um, but, uh, Don't you have a barn full of horses? I I do. I, uh, but they're, they're not mine. 
and they're hunters and jumpers. So they're not a lot of fun on long rides. <laughs> but some, well, that means they probably have a pretty wide back and it'll be easy to sit on them and somebody would appreciate you legging them up. So, you know, I think yeah. it's a win-win for everybody and you'll get there about the time I leave. Right. Right. Oh, wait, not if you start now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, all of a sudden here, are a couple of articles that popped up. There's a mad rush to build even more electric vehicle factories. They go, wait, we, we already have a problem with supply of minerals. What, what, why is there a mad rush to build electric vehicle? And then, and then the next article was electric shocks. 88% of the new cars sold in Norway, Norway, Norwegians are about 5 million people, are electric vehicles. Well, certainly they don't have to worry about pollution and they have their own oil wells. So what are they doing? Right? And then, and then, and then the, the latest one, you know, um, uh, uh, we got hit with some snow. Um, uh, Buffalo got really hit. New York City electric garbage truck plans hit wall after trucks conk out plowing snow after four hours. <laughs> That's hysterical. That really is. <laughs> that is. That is. Right. So, you, you know, you scratch your head and you go, listen, we're seeing the evidence that somebody is pushing very hard to get mm -hmm. trick vehicles running. So under what paradigm would that make any sense? Because we already know our grid is stressed. We already know that it's aging. So why would they go into trying to perfect an electric vehicle unless they know something we don't? Well, clearly somebody knows something we don't because right. we're disrupting. Not only are we increasing the demand for electricity, we're trying to destroy the reliable sources of electricity at the same time that we are increasing demand. And we haven't even started talking about the increased demand of electricity through the crypto mining that is now building left and right throughout the United States being subsidized. Right. So I would guess that um when you you put that uh, search into your brain you know like what would they uh, what would be the advantage of all this i think we're coming to a new energy system that probably is based on uh splitting the uh, water molecule and uh, some tesla technology i would think that and why be deceptive about it? If it's that straightforward and simple, why why all the deception? Well, I don't know. I would just take a guess that between that time and now, mm -hmm. we're going to have a collapse of the entire system on petroleum. And that will be very painful. Yeah, well, if the petroleum collapse comes, it's man-made. It's not petroleum-made. Right. And... Um, you know, so it, it, it's just simply a shift of power. Somebody wants to shift the power away from who has the power and the wealth. That's all it is. Well, we don't even know if it's a shift away from those. They may be shifting to the new the new energy. 
So, you know, if you kind of look at it, like it looks like we have a major population decrease coming and all of a sudden we're going to be using electric vehicles and uh, maybe a new energy system. I think that looks like they're preparing for that personally, but that may be a conspiracy theory and we know those don't exist. <laughs> I'm covered because my friend Mike Smith at Smisky Welding got me a, a rocket stove uh -huh. as a gift for Christmas. So I can burn wood. I can burn uh, horse turds, cow turds, you name it. I can cook. I can make my coffee without electricity. Thank you, Mike there Smith. We, there we go. There we go. Yes. Yeah, rocket stoves are pretty cool. Pretty interesting uh, invention. So... And we will continue to explore all of those avenues of energy of the future in the second half on this first broadcast of 2023 with J.C. Cole on Roll Route. We're back with more after this. About beef and the world of niche marketing. Now we're talking about a pretty sizable niche. There's 25,000 head of cattle go through the certified Piedmontese system each year. And that's geared towards tenderness we want to make sure that we have a tender product for the United States consumer because that drives demand. It's that simple. People like tender beef. They will eat it and buy it time and time again. We need you, the Great Plains cattleman, to be a part of the supply if you're interested in getting paid a premium to the tune of $180 over market. Then go to the website, LoneCreekCattleCo.com, to get full details. CertifiedPiedmontese.com is a place to check out what has been produced and what you can be a part of and what premiums the consumer is willing to pay for something that is consistently tender. And then you, the cattleman, need to get a percentage of that consumer's food dollar. Full details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Certified Piedmontese paving the way of tenderness. Welcome back. Trent Luce alongside Fresh Cup of Coffee, J.C. Cole. You drink yes. some coffee? I am, uh, had my coffee for today. <clears throat> you know, uh, last week we talked about um, Dmitry uh, Medvedev, the former president of uh, Russia, and his, uh, his absurd predictions that weren't so absurd. That are coming and, true. Those absurd well, predictions yeah, that are number, coming to life. Number 10, Bretton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, which basically means the end of the euro and the dollar. Okay. And if you remember, I mentioned that the FDIC doesn't have enough. It's an insurance company, private insurance company. It doesn't have enough to really cover more than two big banks if it fails. Well, this week, all of a sudden, the FDIC brokers meet to discuss business collapse. Oh, joy. <laughs> right? It's, it's sad, not funny. And, and, then, and, and in that, they say they are discussing bail-ins and how to prevent the public from freaking out. And they even have made the suggestion, let's not tell the public. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so, and okay, these are the guys that are insuring you in your bank, just so you know. Right. And of course, I, you know, we've covered off many times that it was like 2014. I think it, they changed the banking laws where when you deposit money in the bank, it is no longer your property. Right. So. Uh, 
That so, little tidbit is not known at all. And we, we need to do whatever it takes to make sure people know that that's the case. Correct. All you have to do is just do a search, right? You know, and, and you'll find that when you put the money in the bank, it no longer is your property. And you got put in line on who gets paid first, and you're at the bottom of the line. You're at the bottom of the totem pole, not the top. Right? And, of course, you know, unfortunately, you know, they treat us like mushrooms. They keep us in the dark and feed us sanitized horse manure. Maybe right. that's why I'm headed to Pennsylvania this week. I thought you were judging pigs. Well, I am, but Chester County, Pennsylvania is where the majority of the mushrooms are grown in the United States for commercial purposes. So I, I'm, I'm going to the mushroom capital. I'm not actually going to be in Chester County, but I'll, I'll be close. Well, you could obviously take that side trip. I, I spoke in Chester County. I had major fond memories in Chester County. Leo Teague, I'll never forget visiting with Leo Teague at that meeting. Right. So there are, are some other real concerns popping up. Now it's, um, of course, there's information that the CIA has was involved with JFK's assassination, but now the sabotage explosions of Russian oil refineries and shopping malls are the work of the CIA and NATO. And you go, well, that was not a surprise for most or some of us. And you know, they're like, um, at what point do the Russians stop this and start fighting back? And we mm -hmm. all know our electric grid is our glass jaw and our supply chain, you know, is, is our Achilles heel. And it's very easy to take down our electric grid. I mean, just read the book by Ted Topple, Lights Out, tells you. Right. And, and, and of course, now we're watching. Well, I guess the last attack was on um, <clears throat> on Christmas Day. And I think in Washington, three transformer stations, somebody was taking out. I'm not saying it's the Russians, but we're vulnerable. I think we have 55,000 transformer stations. Is that so, why Ted Koppel was pushed out of the media world? No, I think he actually... <laughs> He actually aged quite, you know, I mean, he's, he's got to be in his 80s. Um, you know, one of the last of the real investigative reporters. So, yeah, but they didn't, I mean, they, they took him out with some vengeance. Oh, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so here's another one that uh, the Dutch government is trying to force the closure of 3,000 farms, but their, their goal is 17,000 farms of the 50,000 in Holland. So that's a third of the farms they're client trying to close down to reduce nitrogen emissions. And of course, nitrogen is what? 78% of our atmosphere. So... They're lying through their teeth. Again, this is this this whole um, bloodline using environmental issues that have been lied 
to. We've been lied to. Um, we've been lied to on almost everything important. Yeah. And uh, I want to just back up. Not that we need to verify, but this is pretty interesting. Lights Out was written by Ted Koppel and uh, published October 27th, 2015. This New York best-selling investigation, Ted Koppel, reveals that a major cyber attack on America's power grid is not only possible, but likely that it would be devastating and the United States is shockingly unprepared. Imagine a blackout, not only lasting for days, weeks, or months, but years. Yep. And now if you go to one of our famous uh, uh, Nazis, uh, Klaus Schwab, right, of the new World Economic Forum, he's come out and he did a video, a short video, saying we will have a cyber pandemic that will dwarf all of the concerns of COVID. Little yeah. shut down everything. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Nope. I'll send it to you. So here, here you have it. Now, if you study the occult, there is some belief that they have to tell you the bad things they're going to do to you before they do it. For instance, you'll find out that there are over 60, 60 uh, times when uh, we were told 9-11 would happen, the Twin Towers. And, of course, we ignored it. Um, and uh, they happened. So now you got the top guy who says we're going to have a reset, a global reset, and we're going to get a cyber attack. So there's no reason to worry about nuclear holocaust because they can just flick a switch and it works real well. But trying to get people to wake up and understand that is just amazing. I, I don't... I'm really just at a loss for words anymore on, on what it takes for people just to see what's blatantly unfolding in front of them. Right. Well, you know, we've touched on it all the time, right? Santos, the supreme art of war is to subdue yeah. the enemy without fighting. Well, how do you subdue the enemy? You control their belief systems. You turn off their brain. How do you control the belief systems? Um, Hollywood and mainstream media. Right. What happened? My advantage. I was outside of the country for almost 20 years. So I wasn't affected by mainstream media because I didn't watch it and I didn't watch any Hollywood. I didn't, you know, and so so I didn't drink the cool. Oh, sorry, I didn't drink the cool way. Looking on Nebraska. Yep. Uh, does that mean you didn't watch the movie I was in and helped write? No. I watched it after it was pointed out to me to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, at least I guilted you into it. <laughs> right. I, I do my homework. I do my homework. And that was one crusty old hat you were wearing. <laughs> I got married in that hat, and I can no longer wear that hat because it's just literally falling apart. Well, I, I think you would, your wife wouldn't allow you to wear it. <laughs> okay, well that that's that's blatantly obvious. That, that, I mean, that was the moral of the story. Got it. Very. But good. it's it's still very visible if you come see me have coffee. Hey, um, let's touch on some things in history. Some pretty pretty important ones. Are we in are we in the third session or the fourth? Third. Okay, January third. So that would be yesterday, seventeen seventy seven. 
the Battle of Princeton, where uh, George Washington, who had successfully had the Christmas battle, but in the Christmas battle, he defeated and captured the, uh, the, um, uh, the Germans, the Hussians. But so January the 3rd, well, Cornwall, after the defeat of Trenton, Cornwallis and the troops in New York um, came down to New Jersey and uh, actually um, Washington took Washington took on the, the British and beat them in the Battle of Princeton. So the first time he bought, uh, beat the British um, in, a, in a battle. Um, and it was quite, quite important. So he had two wins in a row, even though they weren't particularly big um, as far as battles go, they were quite strategic for the mentality of the, the colonials. Right. And of course that I'm just 15 miles away from Princeton. All right. Here's one. That I, I still just marvel at what it had to be like to be in a battle like that in, in the winter, January of 1776. I mean, yeah, those yeah. people are just tough hombres. I'm just telling you. They, yes, true. And then he went to um, Morristown to camp for the winter. And uh, apparently it was a really, really nasty winter. So this one should irk you. <laughs> January 3rd. 1985 in Kentucky. Mitch McConnell becomes senator. He's so been a was, senator as long as I've been out of high school. 37 years he's a senator. That's it's his tenure's up. Send him home. It, exactly. You know, Trent, when I we formed the American Chamber of Commerce in Latvia, I was the first president. Well, apparently I did so well and we built the most influential business group. All of a sudden, um, you know, about eight years in, I'm still president. I realized that I couldn't be unseated. And so we actually went back to our, our members and said, we want to put in our bylaws term limits so that yeah. you can only be on the board for six years. And then you got to step off. You could come back onto the board after you stepped off. Right. So, so this is business, and this is what we need to do. We need term limits on our on our politicians. Right? All route. There's a term limit on the program. It's just termed out. But we're back with more after this. <clears throat> I was over. I should. In High Plains Cattle Supply, it's the new year. We need to stop in, see what's new on tap with Robert and the pork jerky and all of the cattle feed. And the equipment and the clothing. It never ends. High Plains Cattle Supply, Brush, Colorado. Check it out today. Welcome back. Rural Route, Trent Luce alongside J.C. Cole joining us from Pennsylvania Extended over in New Jersey. Um, you know, we just went through this fight in North Dakota and uh, we did pass a term limit initiative it's a little uncertain exactly how you you roll into that and there are a number of people including some of my friends who fought it and they say the people are the term limits but you just described in your own personal experience how you knew 
that they were never going to unseat you if you were the president for eight years. And, and I mean, that, that is reality. The, the machine works at protecting the incumbent. I experienced that in my little old dabble in politics in 2021. I saw what takes place and how the machine is going to protect those that have already been in the system. And, and there's other things involved there, which shocked me. So we got that passed. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the members, they liked it. And there were maybe three or four of us on the board that could not be unseated, right, until the term limits. And so we put in that you, know, you can only be on the board for six years. So I had another six years, not necessarily as president. I st- uh, stepped back. But so I was on the board for 15 years. And then when my term limit came up, emotionally, even as that guy who did it, I didn't want to leave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we're, we're human. We have emotions, you know, and, and uh, you know, I spent 15 years building this organization and, and I had to go away. Right. Which is better for the organization, which was where my true love was. But still, you, you look to, you know, your own personal benefit at sometimes. All right. Here's another good one for January. Uh, we covered it, I think, last year, January 4th, 1847. Sam Colt sells the first revolver pistol to the United States government. And what we was the famous saying? What was what? The famous saying. God created men and Sam Colt made them equal. <laughs> I totally forgot that. Second Amendment, Second Amendment, right there, right? Especially to, you know, people who want to capture our government. All right, now here's something that not many people know about. January the 5th, 1709 in Europe. The Great Frost begins during the night. A sudden cold snap that remains Europe's coldest ever winter. Thousands are killed across the continent and crops fail in France. Okay. Great frost. I'm, I'm about a week late on that. Right. Okay. And then now here's, here's the, the part that's intriguing. Modern uh, climatists have been unable to explain the cause of the winter, but have noted that it took place during the phase called the Maunder Minimum, when usually low sunspot activity was recorded on the surface of the sun. Maunder, the Maunder Minimum. Nothing to is, see here. Nothing to see here at all, like, um, like uh, the new minimum coming. Right. Right. Um, uh, well, the grand solar minimum, we are either starting it or we'll start it the next cycle, which is only five years away. So we're looking at the globe going into a solar minimum, which means a disruption of pretty much global food production. Isn't it ironic that all of this ties in with that little saying that by 2025, 70% of the United States population will have vanished? Right. If you were a farmer and you knew that that you're going to have the crop uh, food production drop, would you call the herd early? I'm ahead of you on that. I've actually been calling the herd 
for the last three months and we'll continue to call the pig herd for the next 30 days. There you go. Now here's another surprise. January the 7th, uh, 1830, the first railroad station opens in Baltimore, Maryland. And they're like, it's only 100 years old. I, I, I would have thought it would be much older. 1930? 1830. Oh. oh okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I dropped the, I dropped the yeah. 100. Yeah. yeah. But Remember still. in the first segment, we were talking about modern day math? Yes, two plus that's two true. equals four. 1830 to 2030 would be 200 years. All right. I dropped it. Right. Right. Hey, it's permitted once in a while because right. I'm still most fascinated with the entire. Everybody talks about JC, the corruption in politics and in leadership and everything. All you need to do is be a student of the Transcontinental Railroad connecting the East Coast to the West Coast. I don't think the corruption of today even comes close to paralleling what was happening in that day because corruption was taking place and nobody knew about it because you didn't have the Internet to see what just happened five minutes ago. That is just the most fascinating time. And how the Chinese, we would have never gotten that bill without the Chinese because the Chinese had such terrible life in China. They're coming here, digging a hole through the mountains in Utah and the Sierra Nevadas to connect the thing. It's just an incredible yeah. part of our nation's history. And that, by the way, took place post-Civil War uh, with my, my two understanding, people. My understanding where there were a lot of Chinese slaves, I don't Correct. know for sure. but no, um, I, I believe that to be true. Does this mean um, Gavin Newsom is going to uh, to uh, uh, pay, pay back all the Chinese slaves, too? All I know about Gavin Newsom is that if he doesn't get out of a power soon, there will be no good people left in California. Here in Tennessee, I ran into family after family that left California because they just couldn't take it anymore. I talked to people that were there last week. They're like, you just can't take it anymore. Good people are finally getting fed up. I wondered what was taking so long, and now they're leaving. Well, yes, that's the, this uh, this human uh, emotion we have. We 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 fail to act on on dangerous issues. I don't. I know, it's it's something about being human. So here's- and, and, and well, and, and for the folks in, listening in Colorado who are saying, Trent, we've had that migration to the front range of Colorado for years. No, those are the whack jobs of California that left early. I'm now talking about the people that were keeping California sane. They're now leaving and they're not going to places like the front range of Colorado where they've already recreated what they left. Right. Oh, go ahead. That's good. And they're, they're not whack jobs. They're nuts and fruits. <laughs> I looked it up. Doug so, Doug goes says they're equal. <laughs> so so Martin Armstrong, who's an excellent um, um, forecaster in business, has constantly said that 2023 is going to be uh, a year of massive civil unrest around the world and, and in America and in our, our, our major cities. So so let's see. Um, migrant fueled New York. I mean, New Year mayhem turned Berlin into a war zone. And then, then the French interior minister got mocked after saying only 690 cars got torched on New Year's Eve. Oh, my goodness. Did not actually say that. 
Apparently he did. I'm going to you know, and so so we will, in my opinion, we will see massive civil unrest, and mm-hmm. you know, just plan for it um, the best you can. You know, if you can, uh, if you can stay out of the cities, stay out of the cities. This is my last trip to the cities. I don't know why I say stupid things like that because I said I was never going to fly again. Here I am flying again. Right. Human instinct, phone rings, and you say, okay, I'll be there. That, 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 that's true. That's true. So, you know, I touched on, um, we had touched on that uh, the Mississippi River was low and that um, that uh, the barge traffic was having a problem. And I came across a little bit of an argument, which, I mean, an uh, um, uh, article that uh, was interesting. A single hopper barge can carry as much dry cargo as 16 rail cars or 70 semi uh, trucks right that's good data that 92 percent of u.s agricultural exports including soybean corn and wheat move through the mississippi river river basin that sounds like the mississippi barge is rather um uh, transport's rather important and then it went on to say, let's see, back in October, over 2,000 barges were backed up. And the average rate of shipping went from $12 per ton in the summer of 2022 to $71 a ton in October of 2022. So that's roughly a 700% increase. Right. And then in November, it came back down to just about twenty seven dollars a ton. So that's still um, a three hundred percent increase in the cost of shipping. So that's going to come down the line to us. Yeah, it is. You know, I did a trend on the loose from uh, Quincy and the Mississippi River uh, back Thanksgiving time. And the folks that are engaged in river transportation are not as concerned about that as you and I are, who continue to read about the perils of transporting goods via the barge. I think it all depends. It 100% depends on what happens this spring. If it's another dry year, there's major problems. And I'm not talking about downstate. I'm downstream. I'm talking about what happens in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa is going to dictate what goes on with the Mississippi. Yeah. And again, I point out, hey, listen, we've had uh, weather modification since uh, Vietnam. So that was the uh, late 60s. We can easily make rain. So why is nobody making rain? Mm, Well, I bet it rained six inches in Lebanon, Tennessee yesterday. Somebody made some rain. But we are raining on your parade, J.C. Cole. Because it is that time when I say we've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. For J.C. Cole, I'm Trent Luce. Both of us reminding you, all roads do lead to a roll route. And two things I want to remind you about before I completely turn you loose today. That is coal, the reliable source of energy when we talk about electricity and our increased demand for electricity. If you're not relying on energy from electricity from coal or natural gas or nuclear, you're vulnerable. I'm just telling you. You want to see the people behind the scenes that get the electricity from the soil to your outlet? I'll say that again. Electrical outlet, 
go to lignite.com. While you're on the web, check out the Wall of Honor, paying tribute to those men and, and women that have sacrificed so much as first responders or veterans. Details at thewallofhonor.org. See you tomorrow from PA.